0: caregivers Liz Wessel here for a mission moment and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be with you and to share this reflection in honor of Holy Week. For Christians commemorating the passion of Jesus takes place between Palm Sunday and Easter. Holy Week is indeed a very sacred time of year as we remember and honor the last week of Jesus' life on earth. As a faith-based organization, we are faithful to our Catholic identity while honoring the diversity of all people of various backgrounds and faiths. And those who are not part of a faith tradition can connect with a purpose greater than ourselves. Together, we participate in the healing mission of an all-inclusive love that informs the way we live and work and care for one another. So let us begin by taking a moment to settle in and leave our distractions at the door to center ourselves. I invite you to take a few deep breaths to let go of any stress you may be carrying. As we enter fully into this beautiful community overflowing in goodness and love, I imagine that most of you are familiar with the popular show called The Midwife, which is based on the real life memoirs of a young nurse working with Anglican sisters in the early 1950s. Together, they make every effort to bring healthcare to the poorest of the poor in London's East End. Traversing their neighborhoods to make home visits to those in need just like our foundresses did in early times, and as you, our compassionate, steadfast caregivers, do today. Well, in a especially moving episode, midwife Jenny and sister Evangeline attempt to help an elderly, destitute woman who is covered with fleas and open skin sores and is behaving miserably towards everyone. The nurses gently loosen her filthy boots that are stuck to her feet as they delicately wash this creature, a human no one wants to be near, let alone touch, and with extreme tenderness, they bathe her and wash her blackened feet. They apply soothing lotions and through their tender, welcoming care, help her to be reborn once again into humankind. This intimate and loving scene of Sister Evangeline and Jenny washing the feet of one of the least of these, one who is lost and broken, we are reminded of the one who would come to wash the disciples' feet, our feet. On the night that Jesus takes up his basin and towel and begins to wash the feet of his disciples, Simon Peter learns how difficult and wondrous it can be to take a blessing. And yet he resists it. He resists and then allows himself to receive, the grace of it dripping from his toes. This blessing will indeed require something of Simon Peter and his fellow disciples. When Jesus has finished the washing, put on his robe, put away his towel and bowl, he turns to them and says, Do you know what I have done to you? If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Through this blessing ritual, we see the whole mystery of caring. Every day in our providence ministries, individuals are redeemed and comforted through the loving touch of caring hands, the gentle washing of the wounds and the grime of life. The water of cleansing becomes the element of sacrament. In humble service, we do as Jesus has done. When an aged person can no longer wash independently, caregivers assist because every person is worthy of our care. The person who suffers from mental illness and has been on the street first needs to be clean, to be renewed in mind, body, and spirit. The burn patient must endure the excruciating and healing bath so that new skin might grow washing one another's feet feeding the hungry clothing the naked here is the core of the sacrifice and the sacrament that jesus modeled for us jesus expands our understanding when he says very truly i tell you servants are not greater than their master nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them if you know these things you are blessed if you do them. You are blessed if you do them. In the foot washing, Jesus challenges his disciples to do the same for each other and to see that all are equal friends in the kingdom. No one is above or below in any way, but rather it's an invitation to equality and inclusion, a mutual service of friendship and a communal of sharing of gifts. A blessing is not complete until we let it do its work within us and then to pass it along as an offering grounded in the love that Jesus goes on to speak of this night. Yet we cannot do this as the disciples could not do this until we first allow ourselves to simply receive the blessing as it is offered, as a gift, as promise, as a sign of the world made whole. Have you ever noticed that it's much easier to give a gift than to receive one? Sometimes it can be daunting to receive a blessing because it requires something of us. It does not leave us unchanged. A blessing offers us a glimpse of the wholeness that God desires for us and for the world. And it beckons us to move in the direction of this wholeness. It calls us to let go of what hinders us, to cease the clinging to the habits and the ways of being that may become comfortable, but that keep us less than whole. This can take some work. How might God be calling you to find communion with others? Part of the challenge involved with a blessing is that receiving it actually places us for a time in the position of doing no work, of simply allowing it to come. For those who are accustomed to constantly doing and giving and serving, being asked to stop and receive can cause some discomfort. To receive a blessing we have to give up some of our control. We cannot direct how the blessing will come and we cannot define where the blessing will take us. We have to let it do its own work beyond our ability to chart its course. So receive the gift of blessing from Jan Richardson. For holy Thursday. As if you could stop this blessing from washing over you. As if you could turn it back. Could return it from the body to the bowl. From the bowl to the pitcher. From the pitcher to the hand that set this blessing on its way. As if you could change the course by which this blessing flows. As if you could control how it pours over you unbidden, unsought, unasked, yet startling in the way it matches the need you did not know you had, as if you could become undrenched, as if you could resist gathering it up into your hands and letting your body follow the arc the blessing makes. In closing, I leave you with this wisdom from John O'Donoghue. As Easter approaches, let us look again at the lives we have been so generously given and let fall away the useless baggage that we carry. Old pains, old habits, old ways of seeing and feeling and let us have the courage to begin again. Life is very short and we are no sooner here than it is time to depart again. And we should use the time we still have to the fullest. We don't realize all the good we can do. A kind, encouraging word or helping hand can bring many a person through dark valleys in their lives. We weren't put here to make money or to acquire status or reputation. We were sent here to search for the light of Easter in our hearts. And when we find it, We are meant to give it away and give it generously. The dawn that will rise on Easter morning is the gift to our hearts, and we are meant to celebrate it and carry away from this holy ancient place the gifts of healing and light and the courage of a new beginning. Amen. I wish all of you a very happy spring a beautiful Easter season. Thank you for sharing this time with me, and take care everyone. Thank you for the gifts that you bring to our ministry each and every day. Bye now.